Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 8. Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 8. My son, hear the instruction of your father and do not forsake the law of your mother. Similar verse in Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 20. My son, keep your father's command and do not forsake the law of your mother. Every mother has certain written or unwritten, most of them unwritten, laws that they seek to place an importance on. Chew with your mouth shut. Wash your hands. Comb your hair. You look like a bum. Sit up straight. Hold your pencil right. Can't you hang a towel up? And on and on some of those things may go. But as important as those are, every person, and in particular every mother, ought to have certain laws that produce lasting fruit. And, and tonight we want to look at laws that produce lasting fruit. The law of a mother that really Solomon is referring to here. Uh, what may be some of the laws that he is referring to? Number one, it's the law of God. The law of the Lord, Psalm 19 tells us. Meaning the Word of God. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The Bible is the Word of God. And that needs to be... Um, the basis of our belief, that needs to be the basis of belief in every home that this book is the only book that is 100% true. There are other good books out there, but you can't go to any other book and unreservedly say, this is 100% true because every other book is written by man and this alone is written by God. And, and we need to establish, it's not, this is not man's word about God. This is God's word about man. This is the mind of God that He gave to us. So, first of all, there needs to be the, the law of God. Then there needs to be the instruction of the law of sin. We all like to think the best of our children. But you have to understand that they are sinners. You know, sometimes a, a parent will say, where did they pick that up? Go look in the mirror and you'll find out where they picked it up. I mean, you know, we've said often, you don't have to teach a kid to, to throw a temper tantrum. They're, they have their Ph.D. in temper tantrums. You know what I mean? You never have to teach them to lie. They, they know how to lie. And fundamentally, there are many different worldviews, but there, are a start, there is a stark contrast between worldviews. There are people that believe that if you give kids the, the right education put them in the right environment, just put everything right, that, that the good will come out of them. And 
Fundamentally, you look across the board, the vast majority of people think that. And politically, they, they think that. You can, you can draw a line. Or you believe that mankind by nature is a sinner and is prone to do what is wrong and we need to establish um, regulations and guidelines to, to govern that. Our founding fathers came down on this side, believing that mankind is, is corrupt and, and a sinner and must be governed. And if we don't govern ourselves, that we will be governed by a tyrant. And we see that today happening rapidly. But those two things, no, no child is born into this world and, and is good. Every child is born into this world as a sinner and the twig is bent the wrong way and they are spiritually dead and they need life from above. And unless we realize that, we will be completely wrong in how we deal with them. Um, you know, we live in a day, if, if they go bad, it means somebody else is to be blamed. They lack self-esteem. They, they, somebody abuse them or they have psychological issues or they weren't put in the right environment. We must see our problem is sin and rebellion against God. And then that brings us to the next law, the law of salvation. That there is only one way of salvation. Neither is there salvation. Acts 4.12 Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. The only cure for our sin nature is the blood of Jesus Christ. We sang tonight, um, It is well with my soul. My sin... Oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but the whole, was nailed to the cross, and I bear it no more. That's the only thing that brings forgiveness of sin. That's the only thing that can make it right with us. That's why it is important that, that we teach the principles of salvation, the truth of salvation, we cannot make a child receive it, but we can expose them to the truth. Um, a girl that grew up in a, a well-to-do family said, You taught me everything but how to die. Until we're prepared to die, we won't know how to live. And it's important that we teach this is a law of salvation. It's not a law that just we believe. It is a law that is universal and applies across the board. You know, people, we live in a day of, of tolerance. People say, well, can all religions lead to the same place? No. All the, there's no way that all these religions can with their various teachings, lead to the same place. If I go out of the church and I go directly south, 
I may say I'm going to Osceola, but I, I'm going to go the rest of my life and I'll never get to Osceola going that way. I may be sincere and I may go out of here and I may head due east and I may say I'm going to Osceola. I'm going to go a long time all the way around the earth before I get to Osceola. And just because I'm sincere and genuine doesn't mean that I must be right. We live in a world today that says, well, they are so sincere and they're so committed in it. If I'm committed in that which is wrong, I'm still wrong. And Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. The law of salvation is important that we, we in our homes and in our lives, are built on it. Then there is the law of prayer. Men ought always to pray and not to faint. Understanding that um, the psalmist said, Cast your burden upon the Lord, and He will sustain you. D.L. Moody commented often about the impact that um, his mother's prayers and his mother's spirit had upon him. Um, His dad died when his mother was 41 years old, and she had six children. And then two twins were born after his father's death. And he said she diligently and faithfully sat with them each evening reading the Bible and explaining the Bible to them. And he said, after dad died, mother wept herself to sleep. But he said, I can still remember her prayers. And her motto was, give others the sunshine Tell Jesus the rest. Think of that. The law of prayer. Give others the sunshine. Tell Jesus the rest. Are you weary? Are you heavy hearted? Tell it to Jesus. Tell it to Jesus. I must tell Jesus. I must tell Jesus. I cannot bear these burdens alone. It's the law of prayer. The only thing that will cause us to survive is the fellowship with God. Is I must go to God and cast myself on Him and, and understand that it is the only place that I will find relief. Charles Spurgeon again uh, commented that his mother's prayers, he said, I will never forget my mother's prayers even when I am old and gray-headed. Meaning that she knew what it was to walk with God. She knew the law of prayer. And then there's the law of sowing and reaping. We are blessed to be able to live in an area where it's so prevalently illustrated for us in gardenings, in flowers, in crops. 
But this is a law that needs to be taught to our children. If I'm lazy today, I'm going to reap that tomorrow. We reap what we sow. We reap later than we sow. We reap more than we sow. And it's important that we we teach the next generations that you plant today and you don't harvest today. You don't even harvest tomorrow. We live in an instant gratification. No, it's a law of sowing and reaping. And throughout the Bible, Jesus teaches it, not just in the parable of the seed and the sower. Throughout the Bible, He said, don't you know the husbandman plants a seed and he has long patience waiting for it? And understanding, you plant the seeds of doing right. You plant the seeds of kindness. You plant the seeds of forgiveness. And you may not reap the benefits right away. You may not reap the benefits till eternity. But they will. there will be a harvest. And that needs to be reinforced. That needs to be established and built up and illustrated from our own life and illustrated from Bible characters and illustrated from the lives of others. And we're seeing a prime example of it right now, illustrated in our own nation. We plant these seeds, and we wonder why this is coming up. It, it, should, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out, if I plant seeds of rebellion against God, it's going to bring the judgment of God. The law of sowing and reaping. And then there's the law of love. We've been talking a lot about it the last number of months from 1 John. But the law of love, a selfless, enduring, giving, forgiving, overcoming bitterness, manifesting that in our lives, that as parents and grandparents, we live by the law of love, that that rather than becoming bitter and rather than cutting off relationships, we manifest the law of love and that we would model that so that they would know and value our love. That regardless what you do, you can never make me to stop loving you. Isn't that how God loves us? He doesn't approve what we do, but He continues to pursue us He continues to love us. And then it is important for us to realize the law of eternity. There is much more to life than this life. There is an eternity. And there are a lot of things that aren't right in this life. But there is an eternity where everything is right. And and in understanding, rather than getting all bent out of shape, and rather than getting um, wrapped up in the things of this life that that are so temporal, understand there is an eternity, and a just God rules over all, and He will make all things right, and we need to understand. And rest in the fact. He said, comfort yourselves with these words. The Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ 
will rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort, because of this truth, comfort one another with these words. The comfort that Pastor Saeed has in his heart tonight is that he knows we may be a moment away from the presence of God. There is an eternity. And there are many things that can depress a heart and, and cause us in this world... You look around us, you'll get discouraged. You look inside of you, you'll get depressed. But when we look up and we understand the law of eternity, this world is not my home. Amen. I'm just a passing through. It's not our home. We're pilgrims, we're aliens, we're strangers, we're foreigners. Do you understand... Um, if you've ever been in a foreign country where you don't know the language very well or not at all, you get the feeling of that. You understand what it means. He says, we are foreigners here. This isn't our home. That should be a law that is the law of, of God that, that keeps us on the right path. So let these be a reminder to us tonight. These are... Laws that we shouldn't forget. Laws that I thank God in my life were taught. And really, the, the law of, of my mother and the command of my father. And it's my responsibility to hold forth the word of life. That I can rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. It all comes back to the law of the Lord. Heavenly Father, I pray that You would help us to live in light of these laws that You have established. And Lord, that it would provide encouragement and hope and challenge and blessing in our lives, in our families, in the church body, in the community. And Lord, I pray that You would establish us in the faith and that many generations could be blessed by the faithful and fervency of our walk with You. Lord, I pray that we would know an intimacy in fellowship with You as never before. And that our faith would be a growing, vibrant, fruitful faith. Lord, we ask that You would glorify Your name through us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.